0: listening to an inspirational message from the Greater Shallow Missionary Baptist Church where Dr. Michael
1: Wesley Senior is pastor please join the service in progress yes, sir. had my share of a heart. Still here yeah, yeah buddy mm-hmm. I've seen my share of troubles but I'm still here thank you Lord Bru- Take time, Bru- bruises taking my lumps and bruises but I'm still here Yes I am Loneliness I have my share of loneliness But I'm still
2: here Oh and through it all I made it through Another day's journey
1: you. God kept me here. Light on. Yeah. Many times I've been lied on. Oh, yeah. But I'm still here. Thank you, Lord. Oh, 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 dark days. I've had my share of dark days. But I'm still Thank you, Jesus. Oh, burdens I've had to bear so many burdens, but I'm still here. Yeah. Oh, oh disappointments had so many disappointments, but I'm still
2: here. Oh, I'm through it. Yeah.
1: One more day. God kept God me. here. Oh, I made it. I made it. I made Another day's it. journey. One more day. God, God kept, kept me. me. Well, let me tell you it's by the grace of God yeah. that I'm standing here today. Was always there, no matter what came my way. I'm very present here in my time of need. Standing right there, right here, right here. sick, thought I wasn't going to get well, but I made it, yes I made it, it. I'm still here, I'm still here, oh, late in the midnight hour, I I had to get on my knees, yes I made it, call on the Savior, I'm still here, and I'm still here, yes I am.
0: Sound good, don't they sound good? Kind of remind me of the old day, there. <laughs> I said, Y'all better stop, man. You're gonna make me go back. <laughs> but I'm thankful because I'm still here. And that's the good news. Here we are in the 11th month of the year with all that has happened, and we are still here. In spite of all of the pandemic, in spite of all of the crisis, in spite of the election, in spite of everything else, God has kept us here. And if you can't celebrate that, I don't know what you're going to celebrate. What else does God have to do to cause you to want to recognize him as him who has kept you? Made it. Another day's journey. Still here. I love it, man. I do. That just it—it it, it just says it so simple, but yet it is so powerful. Yeah, man. If you just ride with me sometime, go in the hospital, walk down the intensive care unit, or visit some Saturdays and see the traffic jams that we encounter in and out of the cemeteries. You'll understand what it means to know that you made it. And it's not because of you. It's because of God, his mercy and his grace. And I'm grateful and I know that you are. I know that you are. God has a word for us this morning. We're going to get to that word. I want to invite you now to prepare your heart through prayer. Father, thank you. For blessing us with another week's journey. We've had some highs this weekend. We've had some lows, but we thank you for both. We've had some sunshine and we've had some cold, but we thank you for it all. It's a picture of our life that every day is not the same. And whatever you send, we just pray for mercy to receive it gratitude to know that you're still blessing us now lord as we come to this word we thank you in advance for what you're going to say we pray that you would open our hearts and minds that we'll receive your word and we'll be changed as a result of your word thank you for the worship service thank you for songs and scripture and prayers but now we need a word to help us to live Lift again your human outer self. Fill us with the Holy Spirit. Speak to us and through us in this moment and bless the words in our mouth and the meditation on our heart that it may be acceptable in your sight. Oh Lord our strength and our Redeemer. We ask it in Jesus name. Amen. I want to do two things this morning. I want to finish. accounts that we've been looking at in daniel so we're going to go there but at the same time i also want to begin to help us to think about doing life together and what our first purpose is so daniel chapter six will encompass the context for the morning i'll just read a few selective verses out of that narrative and then we'll use Daniel to help us to see what we want to see today. Chapter 6, beginning at verse 1, It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom a hundred and twenty princes, which should be over the whole kingdom, and over these three presidents, of whom Daniel was first, that the princes might give accounts unto them, and the king should have no damage. Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes because an excellent spirit was in him, and the king thought to set him over the whole realm. Then the presidents and princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could not find none occasion nor fault, for as much as he was faithful, neither was there any error or fault found in him. Then these men, then said these men, we shall not find any occasion against this Daniel except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. Then these three presidents, then these presidents and princes assembled together to the king and said unto him, King Darius, live forever. All the presidents of the kingdom, the governors and the princes, the counselors and the captains have consulted together to establish a royal statue and to make a firm decree that whosoever shall ask a petition of any god or man for thirty days save of thee, O king, he shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the decree and sign the writing that it be not changed according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which altereth not wherefore king derives sign the writing and the decree this is the word of god for the people of god i want to preach from the question today what on earth am i here for what on earth am i here for. It's a, it's a dangerous thing to not know your purpose. When, when people don't know the purpose that God has in mind for your life, we tend to wonder. And I'm not talking about here, just in our mind. But we tend to move around through life aimless. Life becomes bored. We can never find true satisfaction or real peace. We're always going from one circumstance to another. Thinking that it's maybe behind the next rock. It's behind the next tree. But the truth is, God has made every one of us with a specific purpose for our life. And by purpose, I'm not saying that God put you on earth to discover the cure for cancer. That may happen. God did not put you on the earth necessarily to become the president of the United States, even though that could happen. When God makes people for life on earth, he does it with three simple things in mind. The first thing God does is to put us on earth that we might be the recipients of his love. And that's good news. Which, which means you't't you don't, you, don't, you don't have to do God like you do other people you don't have to raise your hand and say God love me I'm here no God made you to be the recipient of his love so you you don't have to compete with no one you don't have to vie for anything you don't have to push nobody out of the way or elbow nobody or move people out of the way so that you can be seen. God knows you. He knows the very number of the hairs on your head. He keeps up with you. He knows your uprising and your down sitting. He knows your thoughts ever before they show up in your mind. So he made you to be the recipient of his love. Secondly, I think God made us on earth to manage some part of his creation whether whether you be a parent and you have the responsibility of children or family or whatever the vocation that might emerge from your skill set that you have been equipped with or whether you are an animal lover or just a you know you want a house cat or a dog or whatever it is but you have been made to manage some form of God's creation. And I I guess what what I want to do to to help begin to bring you into the text and context of the passage is that all of that is outside of what goes on in history. See, we tend to think that, that history determines what we do and when in a a sense God knows when it was necessary for each one of us to be born and I've laughed before many times with you I'm glad that God chose this period in human history for me because I just would not have done well in days before slavery and I would not have done well as a slave they would still be looking for me. But God chose the history, right period, for me to be born. And, 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 and it's not based upon what country I'm in. I believe that the purposes of God would be fulfilled in my life and through my life regardless of where I live. And that's what you see when it comes to Daniel. When we transition into this text for the morning, we see that that nations come and nations go. But the plan and purposes of God continue to operate independently of those coming and going in kingdoms. We see a cataclysmic event has just occurred in chapter 5. The Babylonian Empire fell in one night without a shot being fired. The head of gold, the greatest nation of all of the Gentile world, has fallen. And now the new empire under the Medes and the Persians is beginning to take shape and we see a change in the leadership. Now to help us to go through the narrative that's here in the text, I'm going to use some P words just to kind of give you some guidance to keep up with our place as we walk through the scripture text They help you follow along the narrative. But I'll make applications also to what I need you to see about why on earth am I here. First, let's look at the first P word, promotion. In the first three verses here, we see Daniel being promoted. The new king now is Darius. And there are theologians who argue and say that there was no king in the Medo-Persian empire whose name is Darius. They are saying that maybe it was the name for another king, Gabonuel, and they now are calling him Darius, but I don't think that is the right interpretation. I think the name Darius is a title just like Pharaoh was a title. Pharaoh was a title for the king of Egypt. And just like in Israel's history, Herod was a title of the Indumean kings. And so Darius is a title for the king whose name is Cyrus. Cyrus is recorded in human history as being the conquering king over the Medo Persian Empire who defeated the Babylonians. And so the transition then moves from Belshazzar, who was the last king that was executed to now Darius being the king, Osiris. And this name Darius is just used as a title for king. And he comes to the forefront. And look at what he does. He promotes Daniel. Now, under the Babylonian empire, we met Daniel when Daniel was 14 years old. Nebuchadnezzar brought him out of Israel among the captives and put him through a training along with his four friends, three friends, Azariah, Mishael, you know, the the, the Hebrew Babylonian name, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And, and, And we have watched Daniel from one situation to now another and then another We've seen God use him in the reign of Belshazzar. We saw God use him in the reign of Nebuchadnezzar. And we see God using him in the reign of Cyrus. Now, that's what I mean. when, when, When God puts you on earth, it doesn't matter who's in the White House. It doesn't matter who's in the governor's house. It doesn't matter who the mayor of the city is or any of the historical context because the plan and purpose of God cannot be frustrated or changed by the context of human history. Are you following what I'm saying to you? So, so whatever God intends to do with you or through you has nothing to do with governmental affairs. Now, what, what is important is, is, boy, this Daniel was somebody. He was somebody because that's who God made him. Yeah, we, we saw when, when Nebuchadnezzar first uh, sent Aspenaz into Jerusalem looking for those that he would find. He, he was to find those who had no blemishes, he would find those who were the, of, of the families of the aristocracy. So Daniel was a good-looking boy. He was smart, he was fine, and he had an excellent spirit in him. That is, he had a good attitude. Now let me tell you what Martin Luther King Jr. said years ago. He said, "Your attitude." Will determine your what, your altitude, your 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 how you feel and how you behave yourself will determine how high you go, and, and there are a whole lot of people who can't go nowhere because they have bad what. Oh, you already you already know some, don't you? You know, sister, girl, you know, brother, man. <laughs> And you know, man, they will get it in a minute, and it limits them. You've seen people who physically could have been very attractive, but they become unattractive because of what? Oh, I think you in church this morning, but this Daniel is promoted. He's promoted because of the excellent spirit that's on the inside of him. And guess who recognizes it? The new king, the old king recognized it and put him in a position of authority. And now the new king promotes him as well. And it has nothing to do with Daniel sitting around and plotting and decide, let me see what's going to be the most strategic move for me. Let me see what political party I think I might ought to align myself with so that I can get where I want to go. That's not what happens. You don't ever have to do that when God has a design for your life, you don't have to position yourself because God will make sure that you are put wherever He wants you to be. Now, this new guy that Cyrus, he comes in and he repositions the alignment of the Medo Persian Empire, he, he sets up divisions. Three major divisions. He put put 120 side traps in place, and in each one of those, he put three presidents, president, so that they all the side traps could report to him. And Daniel, the scripture said, was number one, was first. That may have been he was the preferred one. It could mean that he was lifted above the others. It could mean any number of things. We'll just keep it like the scripture said. He was first. Now, as we go through this process, I want you to understand something about when God puts you in place. When God puts you in place and you have been given certain gifts, talents, and abilities that you use, you're going to find yourself enslaved. Enslaved to what you do. If you're a musician and if you're going to be great as a musician, you're going to be enslaved to your instruments. And you're going to put in the extra time and extra work to make sure that you accomplish what you're supposed to accomplish through the giftedness that you've been given. If you're a writer, you're going to spend time writing in your books because that's what God has given you to do. And you'll find yourself enslaved into that. If you, if you, whatever it is that you're going to do and use to be whoever master you're going to be in life, you're going to find yourself enslaved to putting in the work. There are folk like me that we're workaholics. I'm a workaholic. And I know it. I mean, I'm going to do what I ne- necessarily need to do. I'm not going to come out half cocked. I just can't do it like that. Now, there are a lot of folk who are lazy, and they're not going to do much. They're going to do as much as necessary to get by and say that'll do. I'm not that kind of fella, And so if that's not you, then you understand where I'm coming from. All right, so Daniel was the kind of guy that was work hard and put his heart and soul in it. And let me tell you what happens when you are that kind of person. It's going to mess with somebody else. And they can't stand it. And so, therefore, here comes the second P. They, are, they will develop a plot against you. There are folk, man, how many know that that, that is the truth? Hard working people make lazy people very uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm sorry. But, but it's the truth. And, and the people recognized that Daniel had this good attitude, he had this good spirit, and they start checking out his life. Folk will check you out. I want you to understand this. this. This is God's man, and God has been working in his life all of this time. He's trying not to be nobody different than who God has made him to be. And as a result of that, other folk had a problem with it. And they began to look up and down Daniel's life. And they could not find any fault in him. And they said to themselves, there's always a group that's going to be on the side. And you got to understand this. You got to understand how in the world could anybody hate Daniel? Well, there's a more difficult and intriguing question. Why would anybody want to crucify Jesus? And maybe let me put it a little personal. And why would anybody want to mess with you? But people will. And it's not that you necessarily have done anything to anyone else. But this is what you got to understand. When you be the man, the woman, the person that God has made you to be. It's not you that have a problem with that. It's other folk. And so they plotted. They they said, look, man, we're going to have to find a way to get at Daniel. And we can't find nothing in his life. We 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 don't see no stories. We don't see no activities. We don't find no fault in his behavior. We don't see nothing wrong with his work. The only way we're going to get Daniel is to look at his relationship with his God. Wow. Now, let me just say this, man. I wish, (laughs) I could only wish that if, if I had a fault, and I do, and I have many, that what people would seek to find is something wrong with my relationship with my God. Man, what an honor. What a blessing. You know I mean? You know, you go, you go peeping around people's stuff, you'll find something now. It's amazing in our world that I read just this past week about uh, the 45th president that want to be president again. And he's already announcing and saying, if I get there, I'm going to use the IRS, and I'm going to use the federal government powers to prosecute and persecute those people who were against me. So He's already letting people know that I plan to get revenge on folk who have not been my supporters. And even a, a, a stark warning goes out, watch out, Ron DeSantis. Watch out, others that might potentially run against me because I will come unglued They will come after you. But that's some people. And and so we see the same kind of situation here. I just want you to understand that it's the nature of the beast. Go ahead and be the man, the woman, the person God has made you to be and don't try to insulate yourself from other folk because you can't. They gonna come up, they're gonna come out, they gonna hunt, they're gonna look anyway. And so they look up and down Daniel's life. They plotted. Now, guess what they did? They, they, they plotted. They said we can't find nothing unless we find it against his religion. And they knew Daniel was a praying man. And so they go to Daniel's house, probably about noon, and they see Daniel praying. Now, in those days, what kind of house was it? It was just a little upper room, and they didn't have windows during those days, so they made a lattice, something you can look through, and they see Daniel facing east, facing Jerusalem because that was his natural heart. That was his habit, and as soon as they saw him, aha, then they go to the king. Hey, King Darius, let me tell you what we've decided. All of us, all your side traps, all of your presidents, all of your government officials have decided we're going to make you God for 30 days. What we want to do, we want to honor you, sir. People will butter you up. People will set you up. We want want to make you be the only monarch, the only God, the only person who can be worshipped for 30 days. And if anybody calls on the name of any other deity other than you for the next 30 days, we think they should be cast into a den of lions. Otherwise, we want them to be destroyed. Now, was it really that these people were so into Darius that way? No, they played him. And people will play folk. People play people left and right every day. They read them and they play them like checkers. They play them like cards. Now, the, the sad thing is when it's you that get played. That's when it hurt. And none of us want to be played. Played with, played on. Don't insult our intelligence. And don't try to fatten our egos, but to rise, fail for it. Oh, you want to make me God for 30 days? Oh, that would be wonderful. I'll gladly sign the decree because they understood that once a law or decree was signed in the Mead and Persian law, it was irrevocable. It could not be changed. And as soon as the signed it, and they knew already what Daniel had been up to, they come right back around and they said, O king, live forever. Listen at that. That's the butter job. O king, live forever. Did not you say, you know, that any man who bows to any other monarch or God or king for 30 days will be cast into a den of lions. That brings me to the fourth or the third P, which is perseverance. Daniel perseveres even when he knew that the, verse 10 will tell you, and even when he knew that the law had been signed, He went home, and he went right back to doing exactly what he was going to do. He persevered in prayer. Look at this man. What does he do? He doesn't stop being the person God made him to be to satisfy someone else. He does, and he is who God has made him to be. How many people are so fickle? How many people would have done something different? Oh, I know they're watching me, so I'm not going to hit my knees today. I know they're outside, so I'll just walk around and just talk to God with my eyes open. He could have done any of that, but had he done that, he would have appeared to be disloyal to whom? To God. Daniel is not a child now. Daniel is 90 years old. And Daniel has been praying three times a day. Probably got the habit from back in the day when David was king. Morning, noon, and night. Daniel prays. And they know that. And then they, they watch and they see him praying and they run right back to the king. Because verse 12 is where the next P is, is prosecution. Did not you say, O king? That if any man bows to any other deity, that he would be cast into a den of lions. Man, it is just amazing to me. And you think you think this situation of black-on-black crime is new? People have always sought to destroy each other each other and it happens from within. It is never the folk outside in the world that you have to watch. It's the folk. One day you'll hear me. But don't worry. You just got to know who you serve. And so Daniel, even knowing that they were outside, continued to pray. And yes, the rise or Cyrus, when he finds out that these men have come back and he really finds that he has made a mistake. Now, I like that about the text. The text says of of the king, when he realized that the petition has been signed and that ultimately that he has been caught in a trap in a real sense, he becomes angry but he becomes angry at the right person. He becomes angry at himself. Now, unlike so many in our world who becomes angry at everybody else and shoot the blame to everybody else, he accepts the blame. He realized that he has been caught and trapped by his own ego. And so for the rest of the afternoon, he spends trying to find a way to free Daniel. But he couldn't. Because the law of the Medes and Persians was irrevocable. And so he recognizes that he's, Daniel is in trouble. And he's going to have to go into the lion's den. So verse 16, look at verse 16. And you can see there what what begins to happen. Then the king commanded that they bring Daniel and they cast him into a den of lions. Now, now now listen, over the years I, I've seen a lot of pictures, and you have too. And and it usually is a picture of one or two lions. And and, and but this was not the case. This was a lot of lions. And, and and it wasn't like the fairy tales like to depict that these were old lions and they were toothless. No these were lions that they have starved on purpose so that they could become the instruments of execution it was very un- very common in those days for them to find a cave in the side of a mountain where they could put a boulder at the door and they can let lions in and out and from up top they would cut a hole in the top of the cave and they would either have a petition that they could slide down in and lift up from up top. That's how they did. If they wanted the lions on one side, they would drop the slate down and put all the lions on this side then they'd get in there on the other side and clean the mess. And if they wanted the lions back on that side, they'd lift it and let the lions go back on that side. And so it was a large cave in the side of a mountain with a hole in the top and a door. And they bring Daniel and they cast him from the top right into the middle of a den of hungry lions. Man, it's amazing the length people will go to to try to destroy you. And they thought that they were going to get rid of Daniel. Now, let me just come back to the text just for a quick moment here. Because, see, if this was a Hollywood movie, see, I'd want the, 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 the action to stay focused on the lion's den. I'd want to know what happened. But they cut away from the lion's den. And they go to King Dariah's house. And it says that he couldn't sleep. All night. He's worried. Who cares about him not sleeping? Let me see what's going on with this boy over here. You got to understand, Daniel is not a child now. This is 70 years later. So remember, Daniel was 14 when he was brought into Babylon. This is at least 71 years now because this is at least the first year, maybe the second year of King Darius. So Daniel is 94 years old. Or more he's not a kid, and the king can't sleep, the music won't soothe him the dancing, none of the things that he would use for entertainment would give him rest, and he tosses and wrestles all night, and he jumps up early in the morning at the break of the day, and he runs back to the lion's den. Oh Daniel, he cries with a lament. Has your God been able to save you from the lions? Oh Daniel, it's a little too late for that. Because if the lions were gonna get him by now, he was messed up. But Daniel calls back from the lions then. O king, live forever. <laughs> the God that I serve, he has set an angel and he has locked the jaws of the lions. And not only has he locked the jaws of the lions, but what's implied too is he put kids' gloves on their paws. Because lions can do you as much harm with their paws as they can with their teeth. They could shred you, rip you apart. You'll see it in just a minute. And, 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 and Daniel's, there are theologians who say that Daniel hid in the lion's den in a corner. And they couldn't find him. No. Some say he hid in the straw. No. Daniel was right there, but God superintended him because he was God's man and he was on the earth to fulfill God's purposes. And that's what I want you to understand this morning, that no matter what and who and how and how mad and bad and plotting and thinking and crazy they get, When you are God's man, God's woman, God is going to take care of you. And Daniel says it as much. Daniel says that God protected me because there was innocence found in me. And Daniel also announces to the king that as it relates to you, there is no guile in me. I have not done anything against you. And so he declares his innocence. Let me pause right here just a moment and ask you now. I want you to don't, don't misunderstand. Don't think that just because you God's man or God's woman that you won't end up in a lion's den. And 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 everybody that goes in don't necessarily come out, but it's all based upon God's will. Isaiah, for example, believed God, but Isaiah was sewn in half. The apostle Paul believed God too, but it but his neck was laid down on a chopping block and an axe flashed in the sun. And his head was cut off. So, so not everybody, just because you believe, will necessarily be delivered in a situation like this. But what it means is that Daniel, regardless of the consequence, was still who? God's man. Now, let's, let's look at a couple of quick lessons and I'm going to let you out for the morning. Because I want you to understand something here. That, 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 that when you are, when you recognize that God has made you and God has created you for his purpose, you just be who you are. Daniel was himself when he was 14. He didn't wait when he was in Jerusalem and say, Well, I think I'm gonna go over here to Babylon and I think I'm gonna plot and figure out how I can become prime minister. And how I could serve in the, in the presidential cabinet of three or four monarchs. That was not his plan. His plan was just to be who God made me. And when he came into the land and they offered him wine and meat from the king's table. He said what? Uh-uh. Because that will violate my relationship." with God. He recognized that God had given him abilities to interpret dreams and to make known mysteries and whenever one of those monarchs had a dream or something they couldn't interpret, Daniel never got smart with him. He just used what God gave him to solve the situation. Daniel transcends human history. He he is important because God used him in Israel. God used him in Babylon. God used him in the Persian Empire. As a matter of fact, most theologians believe that it was this Darius, this Cyrus, who freed the Jews to go back to Jerusalem. Well, where did he get that from? He got it from God's man, Daniel, who God had put there to be just that person. Listen, I think of Joseph. Joseph was hated by his brothers. He understood very early that God had a purpose for his life. And he messed around and told them about a dream he had. And they hated him. They put him in a pit. He ended up in another country in the same way, but God had his hand on him. Moses was messed up, put out, sent to another country, ran away to another country, but God had his hand on him. Saul of Tarsus, born in Tarsus, ended up at Gamaliel in Jerusalem but became the great missionary who wrote 14 books of the New Testament because he realized he was still God's man. So what can we say about Daniel? We can say a lot that, that he lived a consecrated life. And that's what God wants you to do. Live right. Live a dedicated life to him. Don't put yourself in compromised situations and playing games to get favor over here and favor over there. Because while you may get favor over here, you're going to come into disfavor over there. Just be you. Just be the best version of you that you can be. Be all that God wants you to be. And guess what God will do? God will vindicate you. God will vindicate you. The Hebrew boys, they were not stopped from going into the furnace. But when they went into the furnace, God was right there. Daniel was not blocked from going into the lion's den. But when he went into the lion's den, God was right there. You may not be blocked from being talked about. You may not be blocked from being persecuted. You may not be blocked from being mistreated in some kind of way. But go ahead and be the best God version of you that you can be and trust him. The old song, if you trust and never doubt, he will surely, what? Bring you out. Take your burdens to the Lord and leave it there. And we see That Daniel trusted God. Not just when he was a child. Or not just when trouble came. But Daniel trusted God the entirety of his life. So let me help my seniors this morning. Let me help you understand. You don't have to stop serving. Just because you grow older. Still bear fruit. No matter what. Do you you, you realize that that, that really and truly some of your best years may be your senior years? There is more wisdom. There is more opportunity. There is more chance for you to give even more. Thomas Edison was still inventing in his 90s. David Livingstone was still writing in his 80s. There have been a whole lot of people who continued to make valuable contributions as time moved on in their life. All because they realized that they were the recipients of God's love. And God had put something in them to cause them to manage some level of God's creation. And they did it to the best of their ability so what I want to say as I close is you just got to learn how to stay in God's will stay in there you in his will you know you are in his will because he made you and he made you for his purpose and he wants you to do he's given you stuff given you abilities so stay there don't let nobody pull you out don't give up don't give in Don't throw it away. Just keep pressing. Keep pushing. Be the man. Be the woman. God wants you to be. Daniel's name is in history. Not because he was so ferocious, but because he was so trusted. And because he believed and hung in there according to God's will. Doors open. You want to know what you're here for? You're here to serve God. You're here to be a light. You're here to be a witness. You're here to worship. You're here to love. You're here to be love. You're here to be that person that God has called you to be. Doors open anytime during the singing of the song. Give God your heart. Give one of these your hand. I won't give up. Listen at the words. Come on, don't give up. You can't give in.
2: I'm hoping on. Listen. Till the end, I will be spent.
0: in God's We're not to begin one way and change middle of the way. We're to be consistent. We're to be steadfast. We're to be that person all of the days. And God will continue to get glory. When you look at the book of Daniel, you don't see Daniel getting the glory. God gets the glory because of his steadfast life. Hope you enjoyed the broadcast. You have been listening to a message from the Greatest Shallow Missionary Baptist Church where we are Reaching
1: the World for Christ located at 2135 Jefferson Avenue Southwest, Birmingham, Alabama 35211. For a copy of a CD or DVD, you can reach us at
0: 205-925-5972 or visit us on the web at www.greatashallow.org for an uplifting message. Please join us for the next broadcast.